Welcome to another episode of What's Up With DJ, and my name is DJ. Each week, I bring you topics about current events, career development, holistic living, finance, and stories of inspiration and humor. So be sure to subscribe, like, comment, review the show on Apple Podcasts. Your comments are always encouraged and appreciated. And thank you for the ones who've already rated the show on Apple Podcasts and who left comments on Facebook and Instagram. I really appreciate it. And you can always get in contact with me at DJ at DJCareerCoach.com. And those uh, links will be in the show description. My guest this week is Dr. Rosemarie Downer. Dr. Downer is the author of the book, The High Call of Forgiveness. It's a mandate. The COVID-19 test, Church or God, the sacred, the self-sacred church, and several parenting handbooks. Mm-hmm. Also, she's developed a comprehensive ministry development course. She has a PhD in child psychology. She is the founder and former president of Bridges. That stands for Building Responsible Youth by Delivering Genuine Enrichment Services, in which she's functioned as the president from 2001 through 2016. Mm-hmm. Dr. Downer has spent over 30 years in youth ministry. In ministering, she also focuses on women and single adults. She often ministers on issues that address emotional healing and well-being. Dr. Downer worked 20 years at the U.S. Department of Agriculture as a social science researcher and as an adjunct professor at Bowie State University for 24 years. Now retired, she writes nonfiction Christian books and is a grant writer and research and evaluation consultant. Dr. Downer is a dedicated follower of Christ who aspires to have the closest relationship with Christ possible. Her service in the body of Christ primarily involves teaching and preaching. And she's an awesome preacher, I'm telling you. I watched some of her videos. She believes there's healing to get you to the point of forgiveness, which is definitely a subject that we're going to discuss in this mm-hmm. podcast. And she sees herself as a vehicle that can help people get to the point of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. It's a delight and a pleasure to be here. Yes, to have you here as well. So you're in Maryland. I am. Yes, and Maryland is not actually too far away from me as well. I'm here in Virginia, just to hop in and skip. I have some uh, relatives and friends who are not too far from from Bowie as well. They're neighbors. Yeah, we're we're neighbors, (laughs) exactly. So why did you decide to write a book on, why did you decide to write a book on forgiveness? Uh, Well, first of all, uh, the book was birthed out of an experience that I had And after having that really, really bad experience, I started journaling about my experience, um, the pain, the disappointment, the betrayal, um, the surprise. And I realized that I was writing chapters for a book. 
However, uh, that didn't last very long because the Lord stopped me. I started to treat it as if I was writing a book, but the Lord quickly stopped me after a few chapters because that book would not help anyone because I was writing from a place of hurt. Mm. Hurt people can't heal people. I was basically just telling my, retelling my story from a place of hurt. Yeah. How, and then after I went through the process of forgiving and healing out of this experience, I started ministering on forgiveness. And at every single event that I ministered, the response was phenomenal. The line was long. Tons of people would wait to talk to me about issues they had with forgiveness. And I begin to see, I began to see the depth of need in the body of Christ for people to be delivered and freed from forgiveness, unforgiveness. And so a um, few years later, the Lord led me to pick the book back up and began to write it from an entirely different perspective. And that's how the book came about. Yes. I like when you said that hurt people can't heal people. Yeah. You know, so what hurt happened to you where you felt there was a, a moment that you needed to stop and really focus on forgiveness? The first, well, the incident that I'm speaking of that led to uh, me writing the book, it would not be beneficial to go into detail about it, but I would okay. say this much that it happened in church, mm. in the context of church. And those of us who attend church and has been hurt by church know how deeply those wounds can be. Many people have left the church because of these very reasons. Exactly. Um, our, our brother David in the, in the, in the days of old, old said in scripture, if it was an enemy, I could have borne it, but it was my brother. We fellowshiped together. And that's why that sting is so much because you pray with them, you worship with them, you sing with them. They preach to you, they pray over you, they pray with you. And then these kind of incidents happen and it's much more difficult to handle such offenses than if it was coming from an enemy because you expect it from an enemy, but you don't expect it from a brother or sister in Christ. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think anyone listening to this episode knows what it feels like to be portrayed mm -hmm. and, and knows what it feels like to have to have that to happen in a sacred environment right at like the church yeah and you just don't expect it to you know these people are supposed to you know be uh, uh love the lord love god That's and right. see uh see the the humanity and the love in their uh fellow man <sighs> or their fellow woman Mm -hmm. And to have them do that to you, I'm quite sure it's a wake up call. It's probably um, you, it, it challenges your faith. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it did. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I think I think one of the things we must immediately remember, and I, 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 spend, a, I spend some time talking about this, the fact that we are all flawed. True. Right. None of us is perfect. We have character flaws. We have emotional wounds that make us hurt others. Um, and others don't only hurt us. We hurt others as well. A lot of time when we talk about forgiveness, we always talk about what happened to us, but not stop to think about what have we done to others that others need to forgive us of? Because we're all flawed. We're all wounded. We're all on the wheel 
coming to wholeness, coming to emotional wholeness and fullness of who Christ wants us to be. And so there are flawed persons in church as they yeah. are on the job. I'm not making excuses. It should mm-hmm. not be, but unfortunately it is. Yeah. Yeah. I say anywhere humans are. You know, Hello. There will be some problems. <laughs> that's right. And that's why scripture says offense must come. Because as long as you're alive and is interacting with other human beings, you will be offended. Mm, offense must, must come. come. Matthew 18, yes. verse 7. Offense must come. Yeah. Yes. So knowing that, then you know that you better get your, your spiritual toolbox <laughs> in order. That's right. Because it's going to come. And when I think the the, you know, this whole month I'm doing, I'm interviewing. African-American authors mm-hmm. and all those authors are women and all those women are also discussing forgiveness. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing topic and it's amazing that, you know, I didn't set it out to, for that to be the case, mm-hmm. but it just sort of worked its way out that forgiveness was a theme in each and every woman, each and every one of my guests' story wow. has been about someone they needed to forgive because of a because of an offense that occurred if it Mm -hmm. was to church or a loved Mm -hmm, one mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know a friend someone did something so grave to them a great portrayal where they Mm -hmm. had to stop their life for a moment and really look into their spiritual toolbox and pull out forgiveness and look Mm -hmm. at it in a whole nother in a in a maybe they understood i mean we all understand forgiveness we taught that as a child you know we always you know someone you know you're playing with another child something goes Mm -hmm. wrong your parents Mm -hmm. you know sort of get you together and say you need to you know forgive each other but when something so when a betrayal happens in such a way that really challenges your belief system in your faith you have to look at forgiveness in a way that you never have before. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it sounds like that really caused you to look at forgiveness in a in another way that you may have never looked at forgiveness prior. So I, prior to that, I really never came face to face with unforgiveness, forgiveness like that. Never mm-hmm. did. That was the at that point, that, that was the absolute worst thing that had ever happened to me in my life. I, it did not challenge my faith. It didn't challenge my faith. It, I did oh, not God. question God. It did mm. not make me, it did, it did not drive me farther from God. It drove me closer to God. Mm. This did me good. The devil might have meant, meant it for evil, but it did me absolute good. It didn't make me bitter. It made me better. It didn't make me weaker. It made me stronger. It didn't make me love the Lord and the church any less. It made me love the Lord and the church even more because I know that him being my father, me being his little girl, because that's how I see myself. I'm his little baby girl. He's mm-hmm. my biggest, strong, towering father. And yes. when I'm hurt, I run to him and I complain to him and I, I, he fixes it. And that's exactly how I treated it. I retreated to his feet curled up at his feet. Literally, sometimes in, in my mind, I felt like in, I was in a fetal position just at his feet. The pain was that deep, but it drove me to him, not from him. And it did yes. not challenge my faith. It has equipped me. As a matter of fact, I look at that experience as, you know, at a pool, you have a, a springboard. Uh-huh. That experience was a springboard in ministry for me, literally. Mm. It plummeted me farther and deeper and wider. Yeah. Mm, deeper and for even but it was a good thing yes mm. so what is what is your definition of forgiveness mm-hmm. your own personal definition of forgiveness mm-hmm. 
the, 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 the Rosemary, Dr. Downer's definition of, of forgiveness is to write off a debt, cancel mm. a debt as if it never happened. It's a mm. gift. Forgiveness for F O R E G I V E forgive forgive give the gift before the offender even do anything for the gift they don't have to ask for the gift they don't they don't have to apologize it's a gift that's given before that person even do anything to get the gift it's a gift um, so my definition is to write off a debt an offense that was done against a person as if it never happened. It means to press the reset button, to erase the slate, to trust again. Because when Father forgives us, he erases our sins. He does not remember them. He does not bring them back up. He does not remind us of them. And he treats us as if we never sinned. That's my Mm -hmm. definition of forgiveness. And to me, I I love when you said to trust again, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because that's sometimes when we are betrayed by someone we love or someone we trust. Sometimes, you know, it's happened even to, you know, happened to me <laughs> where, you know, someone betrays me and mm-hmm. like someone even, you know, it hasn't been that, it doesn't even have to be the same person. A new right. person comes right. along. And you're like, yeah. I'm not trusting you because this other person did something to me. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. And so I love that when you said to trust again. And that's what unforgiveness does to us is it it makes us build walls. We don't build bridges. We build walls to guard and protect ourselves um, because because we are determined that it won't happen to us again. And so Mm. instead of building relationships, we don't let people in that love us and allow ourselves to love others that even care about us because unforgiveness makes you focus on yourself. You're guarding yourself. You're protecting yourself. It's not going to happen to me again. I didn't do them anything and they did this to me. It's all about me, I, me, I. Unforgiveness is very self-centered and that's why we don't trust again. Mm, that's very self-centered. So mm. why must we forgive? Why is it Why is it a mandate? <laughs> First of all, it's a mandate because the word of God says so. Plain and simple. I'll quote a couple of scriptures um, and then I'll talk a little bit about the benefits of forgiveness because something is in it for us. Um, When we forgive, we benefit ourselves first before it's a benefit to the offender. Forgiveness sets us free. Forgiveness lifts the weight and the burden. Unforgiveness breaks our spirit. Forgiveness will heal our spirit. Forgiveness heals relationship. Unforgiveness is a sin. Father commands that we forgive. So that means the opposite of that is distasteful to him. It's a sin. Sin separates us from him. So forgiveness restores our relationship with him. It gives us that opportunity to be in fellowship with the father. Psalm 66 verse 18 tells us that if iniquity is in our heart, he will not hear us. Mm. I believe, and if you put that with Matthew 6 verse 15, but if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Think about those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew 6 14, for if you forgive others of their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. If you forgive your heavenly father, 
If you do not forgive, your heavenly father will not forgive. If iniquity dwells in your heart, he will not. Those are huge risks to take by not forgiving. Why should we forgive? The scripture says so, and the cost is great. The price is high. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Why yes. should we forgive? God says so. If you love me, keep my commandments. He said it. And if we love him, do what he says. Why should we forgive? Simple answer. God says so, and there are benefits, rich benefits in it for you. Yes, and that's I, I definitely that answers my question about the consequences of not forgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's uh that's very key to me is that if you want to heal, then you definitely have to reach into your spiritual toolbox, which is mm-hmm. to me one of the, forgiveness is definitely one of the one of the tools that the, the heavier tools, mm-hmm. but one of the necessary, like yes. one of the the yes. most necessary tools that you yes. must have in that toolbox to to grasp and i think it's very worth um stating and emphasizing that none of us can forgive in our own strength none of us can forgive by our own will we need the help of the holy spirit to forgive we can't do it up because we we are fleshy we're we're carnal we we we're not strong enough we we the real rosemary wants that person to pay for what they do the mm-hmm. unregenerated rosemary, the, the, the unsubmitted rosemary wants that person to pay for and, and anybody else. So we've got to submit to him and allow Holy Spirit to bring us to the place where we are willing to let him have his way and work through us and enable us to forgive our offenders. We can do it of ourselves. Yes, you have to definitely call in that higher power mm-hmm. because there are so there's there certain kinds of betrayal that can cut you so deep that it, it will require you to, and I know for me, it has required me to look at myself and other people in such a way that, you know, it's profound, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah. you know, yeah. because, and like you said, you know, <laughs> your ego or the, the part of you that just says, I, I've been wronged. Mm-hmm. And I want to see you suffer the way that I've suffered, mm-hmm. or even worse. Mm-hmm. And to be able to let that go That's is, right. That's um, right. takes takes a, a lot of a lot of prayer. Sometimes it takes a lot of prayer because you know, again, it may be an issue where it's just something that you just can't get your mind wrapped around. So you're going to have to call on God to That's right. help you That's right. with it. You have to. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about about you know the the offense that occurred to you you just say you didn't want to really go into that and i was going to ask what you know, what, what has been the hardest <laughs> situation the hardest person for you to to forgive and mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. and um and you know for me the hardest person that i ever had to forgive has been you know i took a job at this place on good faith intuition said do not take this job Mm-hmm. I got a phone call from the person who wanted to hire me. Something said, don't take this job. Um, then I then you know, of course, you consulting with somebody else <laughs> outside of yourself. 
oh, it sounds great. You should do it. And so ultimately I, I took this job and then all the red flags began to show up. Wow. And ultimately um, I had to just resign because it got to be that, that difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, which affected, you know, I didn't have another job planned you know I didn't I didn't have you know I literally resigned and went home <laughs> and so it affected my um, livelihood it affected um, my trust in people it trusted it, it affected my trust in my intuition it, t- it, it touched all aspects of myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I really it, and it shook me to my core right yeah. So yes. when something like that, so that never had happened to me before, you know, because, you know, that never, no one's ever inflicted that before. So it was very difficult for me to forgive. Mm-hmm. And there was even a piece of me that if I said, I saw this person in the street, I don't know what I even say to this person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would cuss them out. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. And that made me feel like I can't trust myself because now I don't know how I'm going to react mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. to me, that was dangerous, not knowing yes. Yes. how I'm going to react yeah. when I see someone not be able to trust myself now. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, God, you're going to have to help me to forgive this person because I cannot, because I can't even see how to. And spirit told me, you're going to have to imagine seeing this person and seeing them and being able to embrace them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to be able to do that. I would say over a period of two years, like some days you could do it. Some days I, I couldn't do it. Some days I'm like, absolutely not. In the beginning, I'm like, absolutely not. But over time, mm-hmm. over a period of course, of, of, of maybe two, three years, I was able to envision myself seeing this person on the street, running into them and being able to, in my mind, um forgive them it wasn't even you know about them I, mean, I probably never see them again but still mm-hmm. I knew that offense was still in my heart right right and that was the part that I did not like knowing right. that that was in my heart mm-hmm. and I can say I can be I'm delivered now I don't have those feelings and if I saw that person I wouldn't have any issues whatsoever but I knew that it was calling on that higher calling that higher mm-hmm. spirit allowed me to be able to forgive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so for me that's my story about the hardest person i ever had to forgive and i knew that it was god yeah, yeah. you know yeah so so in your book the high call of forgiveness is a mandate mm-hmm. um how does it walk the reader through to help them understand forgiveness and how does it help them to you know, forgive that offense? Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that the book is very detailed and I sought to walk the readers from a beginning point to a point of healing. And coupled with that is the study series, which will allow a person, be it on an individual basis or in a Bible study or a small group, a women's group, cell group, whatever, small group studying, will be able to go deeper in the concepts in the book 
and look at vignettes and scenarios and dissect the scriptures. The study series is set up that way to allow individuals to be able to do that. So the book contains 13 chapters. And I start out with, because the premise upon which this book was written, what the, the, the impetus for this book was my experience with brothers and sisters in Christ, I start the first chapter with, it's a strategy. And in that chapter, I explain that we must know our enemy and that our enemy is Satan in the body of Christ. He does not want the body of Christ to flourish. And when offense takes place in the body of Christ, we must understand that the focus is not on us. He's not after you as an individual. He's after the body. Because when you break off, when you are hurt, it weakens the body. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. after John, the, the priestly prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, that we may be one. He works really hard to make sure that we are not one. So I spend time doing that. I talk about the fact that offense must come because we're all flawed. We're all wounded. We're all broken. Hurt people hurt people. Broken people break people. We can't heal people if we are hurt. And so because of our flaws, because of our limitations, and all of us have some form or the other, we are prone to hurt others if we are not fully submitted to Jesus Christ. If you're not fully submitted to hurt others. We're prone to hurt others if we're not submitted to Jesus Christ. Because if we're not fully submitted, we have now made ourselves available for him to use. And his goal is to use us against each other. I lay that all out. I then go into the fact that no matter what happens to us, if we are followers of Christ, God has a plan. Look at what happened to me. Look where we are today. This book is changing lives. This book is blessing people. And this book would not have been written if that thing did not happen to me. So despite that negative, painful experience that came to kill me, that came to make me hate the church, now, and better, stronger, and it's blessing others. So God has a plan. He can turn it around if we allow him to work it out. He can turn it around. Um, I give permission to hurt. When we're offended, it's okay to hurt. So, But I'm clear that we cannot stay at the place of hurt forever. We've got to move on from hurt. Forgiveness is a mandate. I spend a lot of time talking about that. I had a, a section titled, We Cannot Argue With Scripture. Some of the very scriptures I quoted earlier is discussed are discussed under there. Do not believe the lies of the enemy. That he tell us that we can't forgive, it's too hard, it's your fault, the whole thing. Don't believe his lies. Then I talk about self, the tie that binds to unforgiveness. We just talked about unforgiveness being uh, self-centered. I spent some time talking about that and the fact that self needs to die. I talk about the cost of unforgiveness or costs of unforgiveness. Is anything worse than unforgiveness? Yes, bitterness is worse than unforgiveness. I talk about that. I talk about the rewards of forgiveness. And then I go into what is beyond forgiveness, which is reconciliation. I then talk about the fact that we can forgive if Christ lives in us. And I end the book with the practical steps to healing and wholeness. So I believe it walks uh, uh, a reader from point A to, to the point of healing. And I am of the persuasion because of what Father poured through me into this book that anyone who reads this book that is challenged by unforgiveness and or go through the study series that is challenged by unforgiveness cannot walk away unchanged. You cannot walk away unchanged. The word is there to show you that that it can be done. And the word is there to show you that this risk is not worth taking. It's not worth taking. I believe anyone who go through this will be changed. 
Yes. And you do have a workbook as well. That's a supplemental to the book as well. And even a leader's guide as well. Yes. Yes. So the study series come with a leader guide and a student work, but the leader guide has all the answers in there, all the prompts in there, basically said, probe here, ask here, the answers are there. The student work now has the banks where the students get work right in. And in the front portion of both materials, the leader guide and the student workbook is a chart that shows you the chapter in the book that is lined up with the specific sessions in the study series. So if this week you're teaching and you're doing session number five, everyone will know what chapter in the book lines up with that. So what chapter do I read in preparation for that session? Yes. Mm, and you also have a book called The COVID-19 Test, Church of God. See that on the side there on your on the on the background. So so and this is, you know, is to me, COVID-19 has rocked the world in a way that no one could have imagined. And I'm sure definitely positive that has rocked the church in a way that in, in so many different aspects. Mm-hmm. So how what why would why did you write this book and how is it in how does it sort of look at COVID-19? Okay. I um I was in prayer one morning and I heard the word church or God. And immediately when I heard those words, I knew it was in reference to the COVID-19 lockdown, the lockdown due to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And even the very cover of the book, that was this is the fourth iteration of the cover of the book. Uh, even the very cover of the book I saw in a vision um, and I designed it as, as such. So the book was published in mid-December of last year. And I'll just say that this too is a rich resource for believers as in the book, I challenge us to make God the head of our lives, to be in love with his heart and to love and pursue his presence, not his presence P-R-E, seek his P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, not his P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. So in the book, I discuss how COVID-19 has forced us to worship outside of the physical building. And I discuss what that means for us. In the book of Revelation, um, Jesus wrote a letter to... Hold on. Uh, Give me one second. Do not disturb. Do not disturb is already on. It's not on. Technology. <laughs> you will, it's, well, technology isn't working right now. Do it's not. not. <laughs> do not disturb. Do not disturb is off. Well, cut it on. I guess my, you know, it's supposed to have an iPhone. It's supposed to. I'm not sure I. Do not disturb. Do not disturb. Turn on Do Not Disturb. Okay. Do Not Disturb is now on. Well, I, I do want to suppose to do them all, but <laughs> it's not doing that. Okay. So forgive me for that. Uh, I have to edit all that out. Yeah. Um, okay. So where do we leave off? So, so in Revelation, Jesus wrote a letter to seven early churches. And five of those churches were reprimanded. Two were not. And so what I, in the book, I look at the body of Christ and I group church goers in four groups. Um, 
church lifers, supplanters, relationals, and minimals. And I line up those four groups with five of those churches. It's detailed in there. And so basically I look at whether or not we have been going to church and is in love with the church services, in love with church life, in love, in love with church fellowship more than we are in love with God himself. So that's why I talk about loving his heart and going after his, his presence, going after the giver, not the gift. We've left the physical building. And what does that mean for us? The book discusses how the blessings of today often distract us from God and dullen our appetite for him. The urgent call in the book is to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. But even love him, the person of Jesus Christ, more than good things such as ministry. It challenges us in the book to put even ministry in its place. Not even that should be put above our relationship with the Lord. COVID-19, the COVID-19 shutdown tested us on that, in that dimension. So where does the church fall? Where, where do individuals fall? Did you fall off during the shutdown? Did you lose interest in God during the shutdown? Did you get stronger during the shutdown? Did you go back after the shutdown? Those are questions that we must look at honestly and answer them. And that's, that's key to me because for me, uh, you know, uh, no longer having access to a physical church, you know, going in, sitting in the pew, having that fellowship, not having that, and you now doing everything online, you know, most people are having their services online now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I see how that did does challenge people in a way when you don't physically have the church because you know we think of the church as a place where we you know fellowship this is the place where god is and now you have to understand that god is everywhere right he has to be in your heart right so the question is why does it stump you because you can't go in a building who were you close to who do you have in a relationship who who do you have an allegiance to? Because if your relationship and your love is for the person, Jesus Christ, being taken out of the building is not going to, to, to make you regress spiritually. So many believers have regressed during the shutdown. The question is why? Were you a supplanter? Were you using going to church in place of what you should be doing from Monday to Saturday to cultivate your relationship with the Lord. Mm. That's the, that's where I take the readers in this book. And yes. this book has shown up the woman from the girls in walking with the Lord and the men from the boys in walking with the Lord. Do you know you can have some stark encounters with the Lord in the privacy of your home, outside of a worship house of the church? If you don't, if you can't get there, you're, you, you have a relationship with something else and it's not him. Or you have a closer relationship with something else. Is it the music? Is it the lights? Is it the preaching? Is it a hoopla? Is it the clapping? So it, it behooves us to examine ourselves. Who were we close to before COVID hit? That's what this book does. Yes, that's powerful. That's powerful. I think you're the first person that have said it that succinctly where is that that really hits home because you know, I was raised in a Pentecostal church growing up. Me too. Still in the church. Oh yeah. 
and um and and had you know that and to me it was you left that experience feeling because it, it you know the music the the preaching the dancing mm-hmm. it all raised your spirit to a certain um to a certain place mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and you you can't get that anywhere else mm-hmm. so now that you don't have access to that mm-hmm. and you are depending on that to get you through your week or or or, or whatever you know how long it lasts <laughs> and you shouldn't you. be depending on that you shouldn't be depending you shouldn't be depending oh god you should be drawing from the well of salvation you should be drawing from the fountain of life that is not church the fountain mm-hmm. is not church it's relationship that's why the subtitle of the book is religion or relationship are we religious or are we relational Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're relational, if you're relational, you can connect wherever you are. Yes. You can have Holy Ghost pour out in you, slaughter you just the same wherever you are. You don't need the organ. You don't need the drums. Mm. You don't. Mm. Because you're relational. Now, it's it. it yeah, that that, 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 that speaks to me. If if it's religion or is it relational? Because. You really got to get, and like you said, COVID really threw people through a loop in so many different ways. And I definitely think this threw people through a loop that they would never thought about Mm -hmm. is that does my, is my faith diminished Mm -hmm. because I don't have access to the physical truth. Correct. And this is what the COVID, the COVID-19 test church of God really emphasis and looks mm-hmm. into love it mm-hmm. <laughs> you keyed into something that i think is truly truly powerful so i definitely um listen see here an accent and i should have said it in the beginning of the conversation so where are you from originally born in jamaica jamaica such a yes. beautiful accent thank you, you know? um so how can we purchase your book and also reach out to you Absolutely. There are three ways that uh, folks can get the book. You definitely can get it on Amazon. You can also get it on Barnes and Noble uh, online store, and you can get it directly from me through my website, which is Books by Rosemary. That is I-E-R-O-S-E-M-A-R-I-E, booksbyrosemary.com. I can be reached at info at booksbyrosemary.com. And if you go on my website, you can contact me through my website as well. I I think my phone number is there. And my email address is there. So again, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, online store, and my website, booksbyrosemary.com. Facebook, message me there. Twitter, you can find me as well. Yes. And I'll have those links in the show description. Um, If you listen to this on on YouTube or listen to this on Google, you just check the show description. You'll see those links there where you can reach out to Dr. Downer. Amen. 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 So again, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or myself, booksbyrosemary.com. Get the book. Yes. 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 